0: I just think the Ravens' defense is playing really well right now,
1: and I think that they're going to get to him a little bit. I honestly think this might be the most compelling game of the weekend. They are getting healthy at just the right time, and that should really scare the heck out of people.
0: We're back! We told you we'd told you we have a second episode this week, and we always deliver. It's playoff week, and we deliver, baby. Yeah,
2: we're here. We got a second episode. We got Michelle Tafoya, who's going to be on the broadcast for NBC for this playoff game between the Bills and the Ravens. And uh, yeah, we had to do the reaction podcast on Monday after the game. I mean, there was just too much, too much energy. After too that big one. a win. Too big a win. Too big a win. Too much energy. It's playoff week. And uh, we had a lot to say, but we're still coming back and we're delivering the goods once again uh, with a great guest uh, who's going to have a, a close look at Sunday's game or Saturday's game. Uh, between the Ravens and the Bills, and that's Michelle Tafoya. So we're going to get into the interview with her uh, in a little bit, and we also want to give you kind of our final thoughts now that we've had some of the emotion die down. You know, this is always the initial podcast on a Monday after – a. An emotional win it's kind of like you know it's kind of like when the players step to the podium and harbaugh steps to the podium after a game there's emotion they like harbaugh talks about how that's the best win i've ever been part of there's emotion after a game. Right. that's how we were on monday we were still fired up now we've had a little bit of time to think and digest uh and look ahead to this game and uh i think we can provide some you know some measured some more measured takes on uh, this upcoming game against the bills
0: i don't know i'll if- say i'll say it this way monday's after a win like that are a size them up Mondays. <laughs> okay, It's just size them up, baby. Here comes the second ring uh-huh. for us. Uh, and, and then as the week goes by and you start looking at the bills a little more in depth and you hear from the coaches who always like to butter up the opposing players, yep. then you start feeling a little more nervous. You know, you get bills fans chirping at you on social media. You start to feel a little more nervous and, 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 and a little, and a little cocky at the same time. There's, you know, the the week leading into a playoff game is an emotional roller coaster. So yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you're,
2: well, we'll you're discuss the, some of those latest emotions. You're you're the king of the get nervous, like as I as I've. Well, loved I'm always to bring an emotional up. wreck. I'm always oh. an emotional wreck. As I've loved to bring up, you thought the team was going to lose to the Bengals in Week 17. So you did
0: not think that. <laughs> <laughs> I did not think that. So yeah, so
2: you're. You clearly are nervous going into this game. Um, so look, we have, we have some fan questions. Uh, we're going to dive into that, but we don't want to waste any time. We're going to take a quick break and then come back uh, with our guest for this week, NBC's Michelle Tafoya. This season when you trade up to Ram trucks, you're getting power, luxury, and technology like you never imagined. You don't become the back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year for nothing. And with the Ram 1500, you can get a lot of everything rear legroom, a reconfigurable center console. It's all available now, plus you get a lot more storage. Or you could also trade up to the Ram 3500 and get 410 standard horsepower in a gas engine. For these great deals and to find out more, go to Ram.com today.
0: Well, thank you for joining us, Michelle. And, and we'll start with the, the obvious question here. Just what's your gut kind of saying as, as this big Saturday night game between the Ravens and Bills approaches? What, what's your... I feel like every broadcaster, you know, everybody watching, fans, broadcasters, we're all the same. We all have kind of gut feelings. What's your gut telling you?
1: You want me to give you a gut, gut feel that then, you know, the audience is going to hate me afterwards. <laughs> or you have the audience is. Well, you don't have to say who's going to win. Uh,
0: just like what you expect oh, to see.
1: <laughs> I think, you know what? I, the more uh, pr- preparation I've been doing, watching film, reading, um, looking at uh, what other people are saying about this game, Game, talking to people. I honestly think this might be the most compelling game of the weekend. I think you have two really hot teams. You've got two completely di- uh, not completely different quarterbacks, but pretty different quarterbacks. Uh, you've got good defense. You've got wide receivers all over the joint. Um, it, it's the matchups are really interesting to me. And I I expect this to be maybe one of those games that comes down to the absolute wire.
2: Mm. well if the Ravens are going to come out of Buffalo with a win I think you know Ryan and I have spent some time discussing all the different things and the ways this could play out in, in your mind if the Ravens get out of there with a win how does this game play out
1: well I, I think you know obviously Lamar Jackson's a big part of that and he is he is showing now his ability to to make really good decisions in terms of when to run um and in terms of you know he's I think he's got a better grasp now of the passing game, and um, so I think I, th- I think th- that it really comes down to that, quite honestly. But I, but then you can't discount, you know, Baltimore's defense and what they need to do. And when you look at guys like Marlon Humphrey and Chuck Clark and Marcus Peters, and somehow this group is so diverse and so effective, I think that's going to make it very tough sledding for Buffalo to throw the ball. I really do. Um, so I, that's that's where I think this might come down to is those two particular components
0: Hmm. yeah how how impressed have you been just with the way the Ravens have kind of rallied this year you know they were six and five coming out of Pittsburgh and 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 coming off a COVID outbreak you know that was bigger than any in sports you know to see what they've kind of how they've come back from that just how much stronger do you feel like that makes them as a team and and your
1: thoughts on that you know they've endured and it's really if people haven't taken the time to kind of look across the board like apparently the Seahawks had zero positive tests all season I mean how is that possible Mm -hmm. and then you look at what Baltimore had to endure and maybe Baltimore got through it at the right time and they've come out of it a little stronger I just think you can't underestimate what one guy's heart can mean to a team and I know that sounds kind of corny but Lamar Jackson is that guy with that kind of heart and with that kind of effect on his teammates where They love him, and he is—he has this kind of leadership that is absolutely contagious to both sides of the ball, and I think that desire to, quote-unquote, I hate this term, but change the narrative of not being able to get a playoff win and what they did last week could really launch this team. Um, Look, I I don't want to give away too much, but I talked to Jim Kelly yesterday, obviously the the Hall Hall of Fame quarterback from Buffalo, and when I asked him about Lamar, he, he had some pretty remarkable things to say and ultimately said Baltimore is not a team I would want to face in the playoffs right now. He said, I never said that when I was a player in the league, but I'm going to say it right now. And and I agree with him.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this team is on a roll and I feel like there is something to be said, like for going through adversity, you know, it makes you stronger yeah. coming out on the other side. What do you feel like for Lamar it's almost been, for him in particular, like a, a switch has been flipped. You know, the, early in the year, coming off the MVP season, things were kind of tough. How have you seen him kind of change his game? Where have you seen him improve kind of over the second half of the season?
1: It's it's amazing, isn't it, when you track quarterbacks through their careers, uh, how for some guys, I mean, even for Peyton Manning, year one was a disaster. Now, Lamar hasn't had a single disaster of a year. Uh, he could think that not winning a playoff game makes it a disaster <laughs> for him. But you're right, and I th- think, I-, I remember, I don't know if you guys know this, but he was on a conference call with us, with the NBC announce crew, when he found out um, about some of the, the COVID stuff. Mm. And he-, he was like shocked. And then it was, I think, immediately after that, that he found out that he was not gonna play. And we heard that he was very emotional about that. I think when you go through something like that, that takes you, to sort of that oh this is a bad dream place like really i'm sitting mm-hmm. home watching my team play without me i can't get to the stadium you know those dreams we've all had them i can't get to the <laughs> studio <laughs> right. on time i can't get to the game on time and when i get there i can't find my microphone all that stuff yeah i think that maybe that may have been a turning point for him and then just the way to that you know the whole coming out of the tunnel thing and throwing <laughs> that pass to to hollywood i mean i think those things can change a person's outlook. I, I don't think enough can be said about that, that your confidence, even though you've always been confident, it can sort of take a new shape when something happens like that. And and maybe, maybe that's what's happened to Lamar.
0: Right. I mean, that Steelers game, the COVID game was on NBC. I mean, you're there for that. The, the two teams kind of went in different directions after that. I mean, even though the Ravens lost that game with all those backups – just the fight, I feel like they showed in that game, yeah. And conversely, for the Steelers, kind of, they got that was a wake up call for them. They were ten to zero at that point. You know, it's it's interesting to see how the Steelers really trailed, fell off, kind of after that, and the Ravens rose out of that loss.
1: Yeah, the Steelers, they're an interesting case study right now, and I'm not quite sure what to make of them um, and what happened. But you're right, and and you know, look, I, I, again, I I hesitate to say these cliche things. But what goes on between the ears is such an enormous part of this game and yes whether you're healthy or not here's let's bring up health by the way you can't overstate this if you look at the ravens injury reports over the course of the second half of the season and you look at it today they are getting healthy at just the right time and that should really scare the heck out of people uh because a healthy Ravens team is like, you know, you're right. They gave it all they had in that COVID. We'll call it the COVID game. And, but now to be coming around and finding themselves in this place where they really feel they have a legit shot at, and people are saying they are a team that could be Kansas city, not saying they will, but they could. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Michelle, one thing I think is interesting about what you do is, is you get a chance to talk to every coach, every quarterback, in your preparation for for every game. So you spent time with Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. I'm curious what you make of given your perspective around the league, what you think of Lamar Jackson just from a big picture standpoint and in terms of the respect that he has in the locker room, the way that his teammates love him, the way that he approaches the game. How does he compare in your mind to some of those other greats uh, that you
1: get a chance to spend time with? Here's why that is a great question. Lamar is different. And, you know, look, I've talked to everyone from Brett Favre to Peyton Manning to Tom Brady to Aaron Rodgers to Drew Brees umpteen million times, right? (laughs) You get to know these guys. You get to get the feel of, oh, yeah, you can see how this guy would have so much presence in a huddle or, oh, yeah, you can see where he can rally his team. Lamar is different. Lamar, it seems to come from a different place. It's not in the what he says or the how he says it. It's more. I, I, I'm right now. You guys can't see me, but I'm pointing to my heart. Mm-hmm. He has this this inner sanctum, if you will, of spirit and energy and passion and drive that I think comes out in other ways that are not as obvious uh, to the to the to, you know when you look at these other quarterbacks. Um, and I think that makes him really unique. I, He's been unique from the get-go, right? He's just a different kind of quarterback, the kind that John Harbaugh said, you know what, we're going to build our team around him instead Mm -hmm. of trying to make him run our team. So it's, it's, um, it's the heart, it's the will, it's the passion, it's the belief, it's stuff that you can't really see, but it is there and you can feel it. And I know once he gets in the huddle or the locker room and he's around his teammates, they see it even more than the rest of us do. I just, I just know that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, do
1: you, what do you
0: think that first playoff win does for him to get that monkey off his back? You know, other quarterbacks, great quarterbacks have struggled early in their career in the playoffs. What do you think that does for Lamar? Cause he's, you know, he's kind of bashful about talking about it. He's kind of just sweeps it under the rug, you know, the importance yeah. of that win, but in your experience and seeing so many quarterbacks and talking to them,
1: what do you think that does to a player? I think it, like I said, I think it changes you. I think those moments, like I said, confidence can be molded. You can have all the confidence in the world and go out and do your best every week. But the minute you have sort of an affirmation moment, like, oh, whoa, we actually did that. I mean, I knew we could, but we actually did. In the last two years, I knew we could, but we didn't. Now we did. Okay, next step, folks, let's go. And it just, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting phenomenon in life. But um, it, it, I think it does a whole heck of a lot. And I, and I think that they're not the kind of team that's gonna sort of go, oh, great, we did it, woohoo. They're the kind of team that's gonna go, we knew we could, we did, next opponent, please. And they're mm-hmm. gonna be very, very ready.
2: For sure. And someone obviously who sets the tone on that is John Harbaugh, who I know you've had a chance to get to know over the years. What's it like? uh, I want to get your perspective on him. Big picture. But what's it like uh, having to interview Coach Harbaugh if the Ravens are losing at halftime and he's walking off the field? How's that? go?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, look, every coach is first of all, I'm so grateful they're willing to even stop and give me the time of day because it's a stressful moment for them. And all they want to do is get to the locker room. And and I've seen John in a million different situations, and he's always made the time to stop. Yeah, there are sometimes where you can tell it's going better than other times. You can tell that with every coach, but um, no, he's always been very approachable to me. I've always appreciated covering John, and um, you know he's just he's just a a guy with so much smarts and such a huge heart, and the way he reacted to this win calling it maybe one of the best wins he's ever been a part of. I, I, you know, this is a guy that's won a Super Bowl, right? I, mm-hmm. It's it's uh, it's remarkable. This team, the more I look at them, guys, and the more I look at all what's happening and the momentum, I, I'd be scared of them too. I don't mm-hmm. care where you're
2: playing. I'd be scared of them. I like that. Uh, Rayo's fans will <laughs> certainly be happy to hear that. No question
0: about it. yeah i'll go to
1: buffalo and and people will throw stuff at me
0: (laughs) (laughs) well we know we know you're gonna do buffalo's podcast after this and you're gonna say Uh, hey those
1: bills they're looking unbeatable." no no i'm gonna say it like i see
0: it i'm curious michelle just gotta piggyback off that is there any like uh halftime interview or post game interview that sticks out to you most as most memorable whether it's ravens or not as like Wow, that one. Someday when I look
1: back on my career, I'm going to always remember that one. I'll tell you the one that jumps to my mind right away. And it is when Brett Favre joined the Vikings and they hosted the Green Bay Packers. It, you know, it was at the old Metrodome. And I was doing Sunday or excuse me, Monday Night Football on, on ESPN ABC at that time. And that was my game to cover Susie Culper and I alternated games. And that was my game to cover. And I remember going into the stadium before the game and there was a palpable sense, like there was electricity in the air. It's hard to describe it, you know it when you feel it. Like you could cut through it with a knife. And I remember my boss telling me before the game, hey, if, if the Vikings win, you got as much time as you want with Brett Favre. So, you know, naturally from a selfish perspective, I'm going, oh, please Vikings win, please Vikings win. <laughs> and and they, they did, you know, he beats Aaron Rodgers, they win. Uh, that interview is one I'll never forget because um, that was one of the most emotional I've ever seen Brett, even though he tried to kind of hold it in um, and it was just it was remarkable they did let me go on and it was, it was crazy and the environment was crazy and the whole and I have a photo that someone sent me of it's the back of Brett's head kind of the back of his jersey and his head and you can see me holding the mic up to him and we are, surrounded i don't think i've ever been surrounded by as many camera camera Mm. people in my life still photographers you know videographers whatever the the amount of attention to brett on that day and that night was insane and it was really fun to be in the in the middle of that
2: that's awesome cool well a similar question do you have a ravens game that stands out i i I don't know i know it was on nbc i I can't remember if if you did the game or not but tory smith's game winner uh um, i was it when, in Pittsburgh, it, when is that the one okay you were oh no no, sure no. Were on i was thinking about the, i know you started in 2011 uh, there but that was the one that stands out to you
1: no i was actually i'm sorry i'm thinking on a much sadder note though the game where tory smith's brother died and yeah, he New showed England. up and had a great game and some people were critical of the fact that we interviewed him after the game and we made sure and we asked you know we asked the pr staff we asked the coach if tory has a game is he going to be willing to do this will he want to do this And, you know, we gave him that opportunity, and by gosh, he did it. And uh, how he came back from, you know, know, he went home, came back for the game, and all of it, and and then performed. And um, yeah, that's the one that I remember the most because there was a, we had to be very careful about how Mm -hmm. we spoke to him, about what we did. And the only regret I have about that is that I wish I had said to him, him if you want people to know one thing about your brother what is it and i mm-hmm. wish we had given him the moment to sort of tell the world who he was missing and um you know it's live television you've got we at that time we had two or three guys we were interviewing and so i, I didn't really have the time but i wish i had made the time and so if tori's listening anywhere mm-hmm. uh, you know i want him to know that but that was that was a, a quite a different sort of set of circumstances Hmm.
0: okay well one more i'm going to put you on the spot on this note who's the, who's the toughest coach
1: in the nfl to interview okay so you really think i'm going to answer this too, right? Don't you? You really, so you thought i was going to tell you who's going to win the game and now you think i'm going to tell you the toughest coach to interview. hey we gotta ask
0: we gotta ask the hardballs here you know yeah or you're the asking basketball. questions
1: Dude, uh, i've been asked that question a thousand times and i refused it a thousand times and i'm sorry um <laughs> uh, you know look like i said earlier i just appreciate that they're willing to talk to me and that they don't you know just go get the heck out of the way they are really great about it i know it's the last thing they want to be doing in that moment so i don't begrudge uh any of them and i'm just uh, i'm just i feel sometimes so fortunate to be doing what i do no matter how much you get beat up at halftime by a particular mm-hmm. coach yeah
0: oh uh, on a on a different note you know there's been so much obviously you're a trailblazer for women in, in- broadcast journalism in sports journalism there's been huge advancements made by women across the sport you know not only in in broadcast or media but you know in refereeing and in, in front offices and yeah. in, in coaching you know just what do you think um has attributed to that you know how is why is the nfl finally kind of caught up in that regard and, and what advice do you have to women who aspire to be like you
1: First, I don't think I'm a trailblazer because I think people like Leslie Visser and Robin Roberts came before me and that they really uh, opened the doors. They're more than that, by the way, but I appreciate that. Um, Yes, look, this thing is organic, right? We can go back 100 years and say, where were women 100 years ago? And it was quite different. 200 years, quite different. For whatever reason, mankind has evolved at the rate that it's evolved and that's organic. And I'm not into forcing that issue I am into saying I-, I can do this job as well, if not better than anyone, that's fine. But I don't base that on my gender. I don't base that on the fact that I'm a woman. I base it on the work I'm uh, uh, the amount of work I'm want, willing to do and the risks I'm willing to take. Uh, there's a great quote and it's, it's, it's I'll paraphrase it because I know I won't get it right. Um, it's something like the greatest sin is to think yourself weak. And and I feel like I want to shout that at the rooftops because people allow themselves men and women to let other people make them think that they're less by the whatever reason oh you're a woman you can't do this or you or you're a guy you can't be in fashion or whatever it is i don't care um or you know the color of your skin whatever it is it's up to the individual to say screw you I, i know what i want to do and i know what i'm capable of doing so get out of the way um, if you don't want to be go on the ride with me, that's fine. I'll see you later. I'm going on my journey. And mm-hmm. so that's what I would tell any male or any female. Look, it was really exciting. Um, my kid, my son is a baseball player. And years ago in, in Little League, he had the one umpire we always loved having was this woman. And she'd show up, man. She had her own equipment. And it's, we're talking Little League in a tiny town in Minnesota, okay? <laughs> and she'd show up and she had her gear. And she called the best game. And she cared. And it mattered to her. And the next thing we knew, she was up in games down in spring league in the majors. And we're like, in AAA and all that stuff. And we're like, this is awesome. But we knew it wasn't just because she was a woman. It was because she was good. And it mattered to her. And she worked hard. Now, traditionally, yeah, have men had an advantage? Maybe so. But you can't think like that. You got to think like, I'm competing with you no matter if you're male or female or, you know, you're purple. I don't care. I'm a journalist. I'm going in this, and I'm doing it because it's what I love, and I really believe I'm going to be good at it. And that's what you do with your life. And anyone who thinks themselves weak needs to maybe read The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday and get that out of their minds or just take a really good, hard look at themselves and say, why do I think I'm weak? Who told me that? And why am I allowing that person to define me instead of defining myself? Yeah, look, we got one life. You gotta take agency in your own life and make of it what you want. No one, not you know a professor, the government, the, uh, another, uh, anyone in your life, your family, they shouldn't be the ones to stand in your way. And if they are, you better take a good hard look in the mirror and say, why am I letting someone else decide what I'm doing with my life or how I'm gonna proceed? Don't. And that's, that's as simple as I can put it. Hmm. One more
2: question on that front for me is, is do you expect to see uh, more women? And, you know, if we're looking at this, we're having this conversation in 15, 20 years, more women in coaching positions, and front office positions for NFL teams?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, Charlotte Jones Anderson, uh, Charlotte Jones now, I'm sorry, she's, she's, uh. Charlotte Jones now down with the Jerry Jones daughter Mm -hmm. does a great job in Dallas does just a great job. And she's involved in a lot of different things and she's been out there and doing that. Now people will say, Oh, well, she's Jerry's daughter. Well, I know Charlotte and she's not just Jerry's daughter. She is smart as a whip. She works her tail off. Um, You know, you see other people in the league offices in front offices. I think you're going to see more of that. You're, you're getting spotlights on these stories now because it's, it's kind of different. It's, unique when you see a female on a coaching staff that is great what I've, I've talked to a lot of them by the way a lot of these women who are on the coaching staffs and the one thing that I found in the ones who are really successful is they don't really care that they're the first they just don't want to be the last and they also they're not doing it for that reason to break a barrier they're doing it because they love the game and it's what they want to do and fortunately, there have been some coaches and general managers out there, and they've uh, brought them in. And I think that that's, that's all that needs to happen. This is, this is evolving organically as it should. And, uh, you know, I, yes, it takes some courage. There's no doubt. It takes a little bit of courage when you're one of the very, 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 very few, but I think you're just going to see it grow and grow and grow.
2: For sure. For sure. Well, we certainly hope that's the case. And, Michelle, we really appreciate your time. Uh, really good insight on, on that and also the game on Saturday. Listeners, you can catch Michelle and the NBC crew Saturday night, eight fifteen. Ravens-Bills. We can't wait for that game. Bundle up, Michelle. It's going to be cold. I don't know oh, how much snow we're going to get, but it's going to be chilly out there for sure.
1: Uh, trust me, I might need two suitcases for this one. It's uh, <laughs> going to be
0: right. <laughs> Well, thank you, Michelle. All right. Let's jump into the mailbag. Great stuff from Michelle. Let's jump into uh, not the mailbag. What do we call oh, this? Uh, I, it's not, I don't want to confuse it. I don't want to confuse it with like Ravens mailbag, which we also do, and you should all check out the written version of Ravens mailbag. That's a little plug. Um, <laughs> yes. This is kind of different. Anyway, into our mailbox. How our that mailbox. <laughs> you know, sometimes people do send questions
2: to the mailbag through the lounge email, which you can email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. If you are wondering how you can get your question right on the show go ahead and do that this question is from levi there's there's about seven questions in here so i'll, I'll pick a few of them um because levi says that he's just become a ravens fan in the middle of this season so i think that's a pretty good time i don't know exactly when he became a ravens fan because if you started midway through the season it was a little dicey there kind of an interesting yeah, t- not a good time, time to pick
0: you know i i really liked when they all got covid you know yeah, that was right. when i jumped on board
2: Interesting, <laughs> interesting time to pick, but maybe it was after that. Maybe it was the Browns game, you know, became a Ravens fan after Lamar go. Jackson came out of the locker room. There um, you go. So so some of the questions, what do you think the chances are of the Ravens winning the Super Bowl at this point? We'll start there.
0: Hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I can't say that they're 50-50 at this point. Really, the, the hesitation that I have, and I think the Ravens are certainly talented enough to do it, But they're probably going to have to go through the Kansas City Chiefs, who they've lost to three straight times with Lamar Jackson. Uh, So that's a tall order. Can they beat the Chiefs? And, you know, we talked about this, I think, I think off air before we went on last time. Like, you know, you, you get into that game and anything can happen. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, who thought the Ravens were going to beat the Denver Broncos back in 2012 in the divisional game? Not me. The Broncos smacked the Ravens up during the regular season, just like the Chiefs smacked the Ravens up this season. And, that, and just to say on that really,
2: really quick, I mean, that yeah. game, I forget week 14. I mean, it was late in the yeah, season. That, yeah, that like, was like
0: three weeks earlier or something. Right, right. So, um, so like, you know, I, I don't feel great about the Ravens' chances of beating the Chiefs. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, oh, yeah, definite dubs, you know. Um, but, like, in a one-game scenario, anything can happen. The Ravens are certainly good enough to beat the Chiefs. I don't think the Chiefs are invincible. They haven't looked that way you know, certainly down the stretch this season. Um, so, yeah, I think the Ravens absolutely can win the Super Bowl. And I think if they get to the Super Bowl, tch, Ravens don't lose in a Super Bowl. We just don't do that. Mm. Mm. Plus the AFC, the AFC versus the NFC this year is, it's a joke. It is, the AFC is run roughshod. Like, it is so much better than the NFC this year. Now, of course, the Packers are a great team. Saints are a great team. But, i think the ravens will be way more battle tested than any of those teams
2: sure um you know i certainly I understand the f- focusing on the chiefs and how it's going to be difficult to get past them but i really I, this game this week i know you're not saying this is a shoe in victory and though that's good oh, no. point but I, this one does there's a lot that makes you nervous about this game um oh I, I, you're the nervous one this week huh I might be the more nervous Nelly this week compared to you. Ooh. I don't know what your nervous what your nervous level is. I don't like the I don't like the night game in Buffalo in January.
0: The, oh the wet it's the weather? That's part that's of it. That's what's got you scared.
2: That's part of it. It makes me I mean it I I ah. like I did Final Drive yesterday on whether it's gonna be a snow game and I just think that's fun to talk about and it's fun as a fan to watch snow games. What it's not likely gonna be a snow game.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, as of now, like, snow quote game is like, I feel like in quotes, like, we're not talking like there's a five inches of snow on the ground. Right now, yeah. it's like they're calling for a 50-50 chance of a dusting that puts like maybe one inch, one to two inches of accumulation. But I think on a field like that, you probably won't even have accumulation on the field, yeah. to be honest.
2: Now, I will say though, it is kind of interesting because when I first checked it like on Sunday after the game, it was it was cold but there was at that point there was no projection of snow then it became up to an inch then i've i've seen 1 to 3 inches so it's now <laughs> wednesday what's it going to be when we get to saturday are we going to be talking 1 to in, 1 to 2 feet yeah exactly. two it feet. just increases a little bit each day as we get along and then all of a sudden it's going to be a foot <laughs> of snow on the
0: ground it can be like that in buffalo it can be un- unpredictable so um
2: so that makes I, it don't, a little I nervous. don't I
0: don't know who the snow hurts/benefits more To be honest, like, yeah, you generally think of snow helps a a better run team. Like you can run the ball in the snow, you know, so that would favor the Ravens. Um, But also like, I feel like Josh Allen with his arm and, you know, just he's more accustomed to it than Lamar. Like, I don't know. I feel like Josh Allen may be able to throw in the snow better, certainly than Lamar. So I don't know who it hurts or helps. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, I I generally tend to think that it probably favors the Bills considering the thing you're, talk, you're talking about with Allen being able to play in bad weather and throw in snow and they've done it before, you know, they've played in those games. So where, where Lamar talked this week that he's never played in a snow game. So I think that experience has some benefit. Um, right. Speaking of Josh Allen, another question here from Levi, all part of the same email um, is that he is nervous about going up against past heavy teams in general. So someone like Josh Allen, will that be a problem for the Ravens? I mean, mm-hmm. I think that, I I always like, historically speaking, and this year is no different, I do like the Ravens going up against a team like the Titans where their bread and butter is establish a big-time running back. And now I know it didn't work out the last two times they played the Titans, but I generally speaking, I like the Ravens' ability to stop the run, limit eliminate that, um, and then force a run-heavy team to have to pass, which is what they did against the Titans.
0: Well, I think generally speaking, yes, because – you know, teams are just more explosive throwing the ball, right? When you throw the ball really well, you can score more points. Generally is how it works. Uh, But I'll say this. Look, the Ravens have been building up this secondary over the past three, four years to be in games like this, Mm -hmm. to win games like this. Like, the Ravens have spent the second most money on their cornerbacks in the league. Yep. Right? I mean, they have invested heavily in this secondary, and and it's going to only go up from here because of Marlon Humphrey's contract. Right, and so like this, this is what the Ravens have been building for. This is also why they signed, they traded for Yannick Ngakwe, right, to to face a passing offense like this. Like this past offseason when they got Clayus Campbell and Derek Wolfe, it was to stop Derek Henry. But the past four years, it's been to stop Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. That's what they've been working towards. And so, sure, any team with a dangerous passing attack is scary. But if any team is going to be able to to limit that, it's the Ravens who have not only top-end talent with guys like Marlon Humphrey, and Marcus Peters, and Jimmy Smith, but depth, too, with Jimmy Smith, with Anthony Averett, you know, all those guys. So, <clears throat> sure, yeah, I, I think it's a concern, but I think the Ravens can handle it. I yeah. tweeted this, I tweeted this, and Bill's fans got all salty with me on, twi- on Twitter about this. The last time the Ravens went up against a receiver who ended the year leading the league in receiving yards, okay, was 2018 against Julio Jones and the Atlanta Falcons. You know what Julio Jones did that day against the Ravens? Two catches for 18 yards. That was a Jimmy Smith lockdown. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that they, Wink and these cornerbacks, like if you have to lock down one guy, and the Bills have more than one guy. They have Cole yeah. Beasley. They, they, yeah, they have some depth there. But the Falcons also did. They also had Calvin Ridley on the field. And Mohamed Sanu on the field, so it's not like they had. It was a one man show, but I I just think that the Ravens, if they have to say, all right, this guy, this wide receiver is obviously a game changer. A lot of times they can do a a very good job in that matchup. AJ Green aside. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know I I answered a question on Mailbag
2: this week about if the Ravens stop Stephon Diggs, is this a win? And I don't think it's as clear cut as that. I, I like. Diggs led the NFL in receptions and receiving yards one of the 1500 receiving yards 126 catches. so he's obviously a stud and you want to slow him down but I, I do think that it's not that simple because they have Beasley Allen makes plays with his legs. Um, John Brown has been hurt didn't put up huge numbers this year but I mean Ravens fans know that he can he can hit a big play no question about it so I, I don't think it's my point is just they can spread that around. And I don't think that their offense necessarily just runs through digs I think that he's a he's a heck of a player and and I wonder you know I, I wonder if Marlon's just going to spend
0: most of the time staple to him um yeah. you know that's probably uh, the best matchup I mean Marlon has the speed to cover him yeah Marlon has everything you know? I mean that's what you look I mean that, that's what you want in play playoff football. This is a Pro Bowl cornerback who's who's one of the best in the game
2: going up against a Pro Bowl receiver who's one of the best in the game. This yep. is the type of matchup that you want to see in the playoffs, and
0: uh, we'll see who gets the better of it. All I, right. I kind of think Cole Beasley might be the tougher matchup. Like who covers Cole Beasley in the slot? Yeah. I wish we had Tavon Young. If mm-hmm. you had Tavon Young against Cole, I like that. But I don't. Jimmy Smith is not a great matchup. You know, Cole Beasley is like this like just can cut on a dime, kind of shifty guy underneath. He's like you know your Julian Edelman. Yeah. And I don't know who that matchup goes to. Is that Anthony Averitt? Anthony's, yeah,
2: it's not It's not a bad call. You know, Anthony Averitt is actually, and, and I don't think a lot of people know this, he's one of the fastest guys on the team. If you were to go straight line speed, he might be the
0: fastest guy on the team. Maybe. He, it would be he, Marlon, and, and uh, Lamar, obviously. Well, Hollywood. Oh, well, in Hollywood, right, yes. But... But Averitt, uh,
2: I forget exactly what his 40-time was, but it was one of the best of anybody on the team at the Combine. So anyway, yeah. my, my point is just Averitt's got some real speed. So I, he's kind of a – I don't know. I, I could see him spending some time on Beasley because I agree with you. Jimmy Smith is better suited to try to defend you know, a big time, a, a big physical receiver like a Corey Davis or an A.J. Brown versus right. the small, shifty guy. So uh, Averitt's a name to watch. All right, let's get to one more of the questions here uh, from Levi. Um, His question here is, I don't really agree with this one. <laughs> he says, Justin Tucker's the best kicker of all time, but why do you think his performance was lacking late this season? Will he rebound? I mean, he missed, what, a 52-yarder? Come on, Levi. What are you expecting oh, him to do? Hit Levi? every single one? Jeez, Levi. Come on, man. <laughs> lacking. The, I, I, I was shocked when Tucker missed it, especially in a playoff game. But... I'll take Justin Tucker over any other kicker in the world ever in <laughs> yeah. a clutch kick in a big-time situation the rest of the way. I don't think he's going to miss. And he came back later that game and hit one from 50. So I think it was 51, yeah. Yeah, so... Tucker's fine. Least of the Ravens concerns. No question about it. So thank you for the questions, Levi. You can email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. I think Levi needs to take a Crown Royal water break after complaining about Justin Tucker.
0: (laughs) 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 Yes, that was that was well done. (laughs) Levi's had a little too much Crown Royal with that question. (laughs) You need to take a Crown Royal water break.
2: Crown Royal wants to remind you to stay hydrated, stay royal, crown royal canadian whiskey all right one more break and we'll give you our final thoughts on the game coming up against buffalo passionate fans winning traditions and legendary toughness are why ram trucks and ravens football go hand in hand when it comes to power luxury and technology like an available 12 inch uconnect touchscreen you can't find a better light duty or a heavy duty truck go to ram.com to find your local ram dealer schedule a test drive and experience everything that goes into making dependable ram trucks Great deals are going on right now. You can shop online at Ram.com, and you can get your new Ram truck delivered right to your door.
0: Okay, so Garrett, you're nervous. You're a nervous Nelly. Think we're going to lose. Think the Ravens are going to get crushed by the Bills. (laughs) We know. You're always scared. You know the Steelers are out, right? You don't have to just – you can come out of your bunker, okay? The Steelers have been eliminated, Garrett. It's Uh okay. Um, well, thank God that the Ravens got past the Bengals.
2: I know you, you couldn't sleep for weeks <laughs> leading into that Week for 17 weeks. game against the, what, two-win
0: Bengals. I know you were really nervous about that 2-14 and 14 team. All right, look, I I feel pretty good about this game. I don't feel quite as good as I did, like, going into Titans. You know, for the most part, I was like, yeah, this is a, this is a win. Yeah. I don't feel as good about this, but I still feel actually really good. I still feel more confident about this game than I did the Bengals game. <laughs> what, what, what is with you? <laughs> uh, I just feel like I, I think the pass rush is gonna get after Josh Allen a little bit. Like Josh Allen, you know, I could I could see I called a sack strip, I think, on Monday. I'm still calling for that. I'm calling for at least one pick. I think Josh Allen, he's he's had an incredible year, but I think the Ravens could fluster him a little bit. They did a good job in Buffalo last time and, and the wind played a factor in that, but the wind could be a factor again this time. Like, I just think the Ravens defense is playing really well right now. And I think that they're going to get to him a little bit. Multiple turnovers for Baltimore's defense and a heavy, heavy dose of the ground game running at them.
2: The heavy dose of the ground game is, is especially if, if weather is a factor at all, is going to be key. That was one thing that was kind of under the radar. The ground game struggled against Tennessee. You yeah, know, they it, did a good job against it. They did. They did a good job. They really kind of shut down JK and Gus and the numbers end up, you know, they look they end up looking okay when you have a 50-yard run by Lamar and another 30-yard run by Lamar.
0: Oh, here you go. Well, if you take out the 48-yard touchdown, you know, No, but <laughs> I, you know what JK end up with in that game? Right? Not, but that that was a that was a scramble. That wasn't a design run. I mean, no, Lamar's exactly. touchdown run—he dropped back to throw, and he yeah. ran. So, yes, in terms of the Ravens' design handoffs, like, you know, late in the game they got some and, yep. and some scripted runs by Lamar. The one with Gus Edwards out in front, blocking yeah, that was, was a big run. That was pretty. The right, the one in the late, you know, on the Ravens' last drive to kind of seal the game was a, a big time run. But yeah, the running backs didn't have like a dynamic game. Yeah. Um. So I think that, I think that this is the rebound game, if you want to call it. For the Ravens running backs, it's a J.K. Gus show. And I do think that uh, this could be an interesting case of,
2: of with the coordinators adjusting in-game. I thought Greg Roman did a really nice job of when they went into the locker room, they come out and they say, all right, an area where the, where the Titans are susceptible, let's get them out in the flat. They're doing such a good job kind of bottling things up in the middle. Let's just pitch it out there to Pat Ricard and allow him to go pick up a couple first downs and barrel people over. I thought that was a nice in-game adjustment. And I think those types of things, they kind of use the pass to set up the run in the second half of that game when they march down the field, particularly with Ricard. I think that those types of in-game adjustments are going to be key. I know you talked earlier this week uh, on the podcast about how you think Wink Martindale will be fired up going up against Brian Dable, who's one of these hot head coaching candidates. Yeah. I also think that Greg Roman will. The <laughs> I Bills was fired say him. that. Yep, yeah, I was
0: just going to say that.
2: He was in Buffalo with Rex Ryan, um, and the Bills fired him after the Ravens game, I believe. Yeah, I think it was like after week one or after week two or something yeah, it like was, that. Yeah, I think week two, really early in the season, um, they fired him. And I'm sure that Roman has not forgotten that and that he's going to be looking to put on a bit of a, a display, especially yeah. going up against the Bills team who has the – MVP candidate quarterback and their coordinator at this is one of the hot offensive coordinators. I just think that Roman is going to be looking to put on a bit of a show. And uh, yeah, especially because th-
0: last year, I mean, last year was his first time against the bills after getting fired. So that was a big narrative going into that game. Yep. And the Ravens did not exactly have a good offensive game last year in Buffalo. And I thought kind of tried to do too much a little bit offensively. Um, and, and I think that Greg's going to want to rectify that this time. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, there'll be some nervous energy going into the game. I, I'm not I, I'm not
2: as nervous as you were going to the Bengals game. I still think it's a win. I still think it's a win, but I just think it's going to be – you're not going to be sitting there relaxed. I don't think there's going to be much relaxation over the course of this game on Saturday night. It's going to be a nervous – kind of a nervous yeah. Nelly over the course of the day and the course of the night. Um, but I do think the Ravens pull it out. Uh, maybe Justin Tucker
0: gets a late field goal for our guy Levi. <laughs> there you go. Well, thanks for listening. As always, you can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Thanks to Michelle Tafoya for joining us today. Uh, we're all really looking forward to that broadcast on NBC at 8.15 Saturday night. Don't get confused. Okay, don't pull a Garrett like you said earlier. And, oh, it's a Sunday. <laughs> it's Saturday night at 8.15 on NBC. Make sure you tune in. Thanks for listening, and get ready for the... <laughs> Ooh, that's me shivering too. Little chilly factor. <laughs> little chilly factor that <laughs> big win. Chilly big win. <laughs> big win in Buffalo.